Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Well, good morning again, and what is this I'm holding in my left hand? That's a question and answer session. What is this I'm holding in my left hand? It is a handout. There you go. Now, you guys got it hot in here with the Lord's help. I mean, God showed up. He's here. Great things happening. So take the handout you were given when you came in the front door and begin to fan your neighbor just a little bit to cool them off physically. Not spiritually. We just want to cool each other off a little bit physically because, man, we were cranking, right? And it's not over with. We're still cranking. So thank you for coming out today. Those of you that are new or are newer to the church, make yourself at home. We love having you, all of our old home folks. Welcome. Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Take your Bibles out. Turn to Luke chapter 7. And we are uh, second week into a study entitled First Fruits. And at the very first of the year, man, we want to commit ourselves, not only at the first of the year, the month of January, uh, we want to commit ourselves always to give our very best, the first fruits, the, the first efforts, the first of our commitment, our heart, our passion, our love, our, our gifts, everything to the Lord who deserves it all. So, so I'm sure by now that you all in your lives have realized that it is painful, very painful, to not be invited or not be wanted somewhere. Everybody can relate to that, right? How many of you have happened upon a conversation with a, a maybe a few people, maybe it was at school or maybe it was coworkers or maybe it was in your neighborhood or, or some kind of circle that you were, you were navigating and, and you happened upon a conversation where people were talking about the party that's coming up, the event that's happening, and, and they're all going to be there, man, because they're talking about it, they're excited about it, and you wander up, everybody just goes, whoop, gets quiet. But you've already heard enough to know what's going on. They're having a party. <laughs> you're not invited, obviously. And man, it, it can be grade school. It can be like you're, you're just a little bitty thing, man, and your little buddies are talking about, man, we're going to have a Spider-Man theme party. It's going to be great. We're going to play all these games. And you walk up, and they're like, and you're not invited. <laughs> and, and man, it just does something to you. It, it's a very painful thing to not be invited, not be wanted. You would think church would be the, the last place that would ever, ever happen, right? Okay, again, question and answer time some, sometimes along this time. You would think church would be the last place that would ever happen, right? Okay, make sure they're awake, folks. I thought you guys were hopping, man, but you just kind of died on me. Funny thing is, when I was youth pastor, we had a kid walk in one, one evening at a, at a special evening service we had, and he walks in, brand new, never been to the church. It's like back in the, the Stone Ages, like the early 90s. You, anybody even remember back then that far? And this kid walks in, man, he's got his hat on backwards, got, got all this crazy stuff on, rock band, T-shirt, I think it was ACDC, something like that. He walks in, he's like, man, what's going on? I was the first one to see him and, and greet him. I was like, hey, bro, good to have you. I was youth pastor in, like I said, a moment ago. So I welcomed him in. He was like, yeah, we're having some music tonight. Going to be a good time and stuff. He said, I thought so. I saw big bus outside. Wanted to come and check it out. Man, I love music. I'm a musician. I'm a drummer. All that. I was like, great. You're in the right place. Well, that's what I said to him. <laughs> Unfortunately, one of our old religious stogie stuffed shirt people in the church looked over at him, and, and he came to me and said, what's he doing with a hat on in church? Bless God. I'm going to go, and I'm going to tell him that he's got to remove said hat from said head in this building right now. And I looked at him, I said, I'm going to beat your tail if you head that way. 
I'm going to knock you to the ground. I don't care if you're bigger than me, whatever, man. You will not go and tell that kid anything like that. You know, the Bible says we can lay hands on people, right? Because I was sure going to do that. Because what that tells a kid that maybe he's never walked into a church in his life or an adult, a person, a human being, never ever docked at the door of a church, what that tells them is you're not welcome here. You're not wanted like that. Can you show me in the Bible where it says thou shalt not wear a hat in church? How many times do we not welcome people in, in different ways? How many times do we make people feel uninvited because of whatever crazy thing we've conjured up in our head or grandma's grandma grandma told us through the years and it's just kind of filtered down to us and, and we got stuck with it all of a sudden? Man, it's a terrible thing to not be invited and not be wanted, but I want you to know up front, Jesus says to everyone, you are invited. And I love this. Here's what he says. Come as you are. Come now. Come quickly. Come and know my grace. It doesn't matter who you are. Listen to me. If you've ever felt unwanted or maybe you feel like you've failed, you've doubted God or you've questioned God, you may be doing that right now or maybe you feel like you've been hurt by God or, or, or hurt by the church. Listen, you're still invited. You, you, you've, if you've let down God in your own life, if you tried and failed, if you tried and failed again, and, and you're still invited. Jesus says, come to me if you feel ashamed. Come to me if you feel unworthy. Come to me with your doubts. Come to me with your addictions. Come to me with your hang-ups and your hurts and everything in between. Come to me with your baggage. Don't you love that? Come to me with your past, as been mentioned a couple of times already. Come to me with those things that other people don't like and they judge. Come to me, Jesus says, come to me, period. What an invitation. On your outlines there, there's a, there's a passage out of Luke chapter 7. There's this amazing story, and it tells us what happens when a prostitute crashes the party. <laughs> Some of you are like, I never thought we'd hear about this on the first Sunday of the new year. Pastor, are you sure we're going to go? Yeah, we're going there. Turn your neighbor say, yeah, we're going there. So what's happening here in this passage in, in Luke chapter 7, uh, along about verse 36 is where it starts and goes down to like verse 50, is, is what's happening here is the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these UCs are gathering for one of their parties. Now here's what their parties looked like. It wasn't like a barbecue where you'd throw some Boston butt on the grill and, and, and get the, the barbecue sauce ready and the baked beans and all that. Have a great time out there cooking out, man, playing some cornhole and, and, and music blasting with the latest hits and tunes. No, it wasn't that kind of party. Instead, here's the kind of party it was. It was the kind of party where the religious leaders would gather in one of the religious leaders' homes and they would open up the doors to the portico and the outer courts and, and they would have a meal on the inner part, but then they would go out on the porch area and they would begin to discuss the deep things of, of theology. <clears throat> Here's what they would do. They would literally just try to show off their vast knowledge about the things of God, <laughs> as some would say, God. And so they would do this, and, and here's the funny thing about it, man. People would just come and hang out and listen out in the yard area, out, out beside the house. They would, they would gather the townsfolks, which, uh, town folk, that, that sounds real southern. That, would just kind of gather around and, and hang out and, and watch and listen to these conversations and, and these guys just spewing about their, their wealth of knowledge in these areas. And, and, and why would they do that? 
because it was over 2,000 years ago in, in Jerusalem area and in the Middle East, and, and there wasn't any cell phone you know, back then. There wasn't any, any Netflix back then. There wasn't movie theaters to go to. There wasn't entertainment like that that we know today. As sad as it sounds, that was their entertainment, right? And so here's the setting. They're having one of these parties at the house of a Pharisee named Simon. And when they're gathered around, Jesus was invited by Simon. And here's the, here's the, the thing about it. The reason he was invited is because the Pharisees were all messed up about Jesus. Because you would think him being the son of God as he claimed to be, him being God's son to come and redeem and save, you would think the Pharisees, who were religious leaders of the day, would be all excited about, hey, God's son, the Messiah is here. This is the one we've longed for, waited for, prayed for, believed for. He's shown up, and man, we just want to be with him, like we've been with him today in our worship through music already. But they weren't that excited, <laughs> Because they, they didn't really believe he was who he said he was. And number two, they were sort of threatened because he didn't fit into their mold. You ever been there? You didn't fit into someone's mold or expectations or, that's not the way we do things, brother. Your robe doesn't look like ours. You don't have enough tassels on your robe. Those sandals you're wearing, mm-mm, not approved by the pharisaical Regime, you, you can't do that. Those things you're doing, you, you can't do that. And that's kind of the mentality, but guess what? They were intrigued by him, and, and you know, you kind of want to know a little bit about someone that you're not sure about. So they invited him to come and be at this party, and guess what? He took them up on the invitation. He showed up. He walks in the door, and the party's going on, and he's there. And everything's kind of going okay. They're kind of filling each other out, having some discussion, I'm sure, going back and forth. And they're, they're trying to figure out Jesus. And all this is happening, and people have gathered in the, in the, in the uh, outside of the house, kind of looking at, as we mentioned a moment ago, and then something weird takes place. How many of you like it when something weird happens? The weird thing was this woman burst through the door of the house. She just comes on in and makes herself at home. I love that. I love that she just said, you know what? I don't care about anything else. I'm going to go and do what I need to do. And so she comes into the house and wasn't invited. And sometimes, you know what? Write this on your outline. Sometimes you got to crash the party. Just write that down. Sometimes you don't have an invitation, so you just invite yourself, Right? How many of you have ever done that? Isn't that a lot of fun? Everybody's having their good time. Everything's going. The music's blasting. Dun, 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 getting down to the dance floor, all that good stuff. And then all of a sudden, whoop, the door opens and you walk in. They're like, what's he doing here? Did you invite? I didn't invite. No, who, who invited? No, nobody invited him. He just showed up. And then it's what? The nerve of him, right? She just shows up. The nerve of her, her to do that. I mean, how in the world could she ever expect to be wanted there? Man, I'm telling you, this was a shock to the system. I mean, this just kind of blew them out of the water. And Luke tells us in, in verse 37, he says, this woman in town who lived a sinful life. Let me stop right there. That is code for she was a prostitute. You, you understand what I'm saying? 
That, that's what that literally means. This was, it, this was what was going on. A prostitute crashes the party. She had lived a sinful life, but she learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came in. And what did she bring with her? Anybody remember a song we just went through just a few moments ago? She brought an alabaster jar of perfume. Very expensive. Probably her life savings in that. Everything she managed to scratch and claw and put together from her business. So imagine this. You're one of the religious leaders who love to look down on people. And all of a sudden, this sinful woman comes and crashes your party. Every one of them's freaked out because she wasn't invited. She's unclean. She's impure. She's a sinner. She's one of those people. And we don't hang around with those people. They had already counted her many, many years before as unworthy. And she was not invited. Now let me just pause for a second here and ask you this. I want us to try to get in the mind of this, this young lady because all too often we don't look at all sides of the story. But let's just think for a moment. How did she end up where she was? And the reason I ask that because... How do we end up where we are? Now, here's my guess on some of them. I'm going to take a little bit of liberty. I'm just going to say that more than likely she had some tough breaks growing up. More than likely some men in her life maybe took advantage of her, used her and abused her at an early age, and she got to the point where she felt like, I have no other course but to take this course that I don't want. Because I can guarantee you this. I can guarantee you when she had a little slumber party with her 11-year-old friends and they were giggling and laughing and cutting up and having fun and they started going around the circle saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? I can guarantee you she didn't say, hey, I think I want to be a woman of the night. I can guarantee you she didn't say that. But through the course of some stuff that happened to her and maybe a few bad decisions along the way, that's where she's ended up. And so now she suffers the shame because, man, today it's almost nothing. You can order people off the Internet. You can do all kinds of sick things, perverse things, evil things in our day and time with the click of a button. How sad is that? But back then it was really, really, really shameful to live that kind of life. The sad thing is nobody ever took the, the time to say, how, how did you get here? How can we help you out of this? How, how can we minister to you? Instead, the men used her and the women laughed at her and scorned her. So how does she how does she come to this place? Some theologians believe that she had heard Jesus speak already from a distance. She had heard this Messiah preaching to the masses about unconditional love, forgiveness, and new life. So I believe in my heart, like they believe, is that when she heard he was in her town at Simon's house, something inside of her. You ever get to the point where you're just sick of it? It's, it's a new year. We're five days in, as Pastor Joseph reminded us of. I mean, uh, all these resolutions. Some of you have given up on resolutions. I know I'm at an age, man, where it's like, oh, you know. But listen, you ever get to the point where you're just sick of it? That stuff that's there that's not supposed to be there, that you that's been prevailing that's not supposed to prevail, 
that's not really you, but it's just something that, that you, you've fallen into that's a trap that's just grabbed you and, and doesn't seem to want to let go? Have you ever gotten to a point where you're just sick of it? I, I firmly believe in my heart that that's where this woman was. She was sick of it. Something has got to change. And I'm going to tell you, I came to a place in my life years and years ago where I was just sick of it. I was sick of living that party life. I was sick of just having that one goal in mind, and that was to go out and make this feel good any way that I could. And I got to the point that I got down on my knees, and I wept, and I said, God, I'm just sick of it. There's got to be more to life than what I am doing right now. I am sick of it. I believe that that's where we find this young lady. She knew something had to change. And hope had raised in her life that Jesus was the one that could do it. What I do know is this. She might feel a lot like we feel. Not good enough. Feeling guilty for where we've been and wondering how we ended up where we are right now. Some of you may be saying, I never thought I would be in bankruptcy. Some of you may be saying, I never thought I would be divorced. Some of you might be saying, I never thought I wouldn't be in contact with my children and have a a good relationship with them. Some of you might be saying, fill in the blank, whatever it may be. She felt all of that. She felt uninvited. So what did she do? She walked into the Pharisees' party. She dashes straight over to Jesus. The Bible tells us she falls on her knees in a posture of worship, and then she breaks open this expensive jar of perfume, and she pours it on the feet of Jesus. I venture to say the first Sunday in 2020 that some of us in this room, some of you outside this room that's listening right now, need to do exactly this. The very first action, the very first move that you need to make is to move to the feet of Jesus, fall down at his feet in worship, and break open your alabaster jar and pour it all over his feet in an act of surrender saying, God, I am all yours, everything in. You may be thinking, now why would she risk that? The ridicule ridicule and rejection that she most certainly faced from those religious people. In one glorious single act, she simultaneously, extravagantly worshipped Jesus and was symbolically repenting of her old lifestyle and sinfulness, saying, I'll give away my most valuable possession, and that which represents my future. Here's what she said, church, in essence. It's the best I have. This was her first fruits. This was everything. And saying in this moment, I am offering it all, everything to Jesus. Wow. What an example. She worshiped him in that moment, crying in repentance. Verse 38 says, as she stood behind Jesus at his feet, weeping, she could not stop her crying. And then she began to wet his feet with her tears, and she wiped them with her hair. And she kissed his feet and poured perfume on them, and she could not stop the emotion that was pouring out of her life because of this freedom that was taking its place. She was just weeping in glorious forgiveness and new life. Now, in these days, this was considered completely inappropriate because Jewish women 
would never, ever, ever unbind their hair in public. She's overcome with this emotion. She's just pouring it all out. But in verse 39, the Pharisees were beside themselves. When the Pharisees who had invited Jesus, the, the one who invited him, Simon, when Simon saw this, he began to think in his heart, but he did not say it. How dare he? If he was really the son of God, he would know that we don't do that here. <laughs> That's just not acceptable. He obviously isn't the son of God, or he would know that, so he's a sham. All this stuff's brewing in, in Simon's head and his heart. He's thinking this, but he's not saying it. And then all of a sudden, Jesus looked at him and says, Hey, I know what you're thinking. Whoa, what are you talking about, sir? I'm just kind of thinking, man, this is an amazing thing. I you know, he said, no, you're not. You're judging. You're saying, how dare I touch her? How dare I allow her to touch me? I, I know what's going on in your heart, Simon. And I'm paraphrasing this, and he, and he basically just reads him his mail. And he, and he goes on and says, Simon, when I came in, you offered me no water for my feet, but she's not stopped weeping on my feet. Her tears are washing away the dust of the street from my feet. You offered me nothing. She offered me everything. You offered me no worship. She hasn't stopped worshiping me. Then he says, Simon, she is a sinner. It's no secret. But her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has been shown. Then he says, whoever's been forgiven little loves little. But whoever's been forgiven much loves much. Guys, that should do something to us. Jesus basically tells us, you're whole, her, you're whole, you're new. You're white as snow. Now here's a question, again, that I'd like to answer. Why did this woman risk so much to be at the feet of Jesus? I believe in my heart it's because she knew he was different. She knew that he had something that these religious people didn't and never had. She, she knew that he had real, genuine God love. And I'm going to tell you something, that's a whole lot better than the kind of conditional love that most people operate in. That if you do this, we'll love you. If you act like this, we'll love you. If you are involved with this, we'll love you. No, no, no. Jesus said, I love you, period. Period. I'm going to tell you something that you already know. Judging her didn't change her. Shaming her sure didn't change her. But an invitation to love and freedom did. And that was only found in Jesus, and it still is. Listen, folks, she risked all of the ridicule and the rejection and the grief and the shame and the pain to get to Jesus Christ. What a story of courage and what a story of someone who is desperate to find new life, to find true life that's only found in Christ our Savior. Folks, it's worth the risk. Let me tell you something. Whatever you have to, have to risk, whatever you have to throw into the table, whatever it is that you have to go through to risk getting to Jesus, look at me, falling at his feet and pouring everything you have at his feet in an act of worship and surrender, I can tell you right now, it is so worth it, you won't believe it. I don't care what the enemy tries to tell you and sell you about, oh, you're going to lose this, or you're going to lose this circle of friends, or you're not going to be welcomed here, or these people are going to look their nose down at you and stuff. I don't care. Let them do it. 
Nothing compares with Jesus Christ being the Lord of our lives, period. Nothing. And all out surrender to him. I don't care. And something in her realized that that day. And because of that, she would never be the same. And I love what Jesus shows us. And that is number four in your outline, which is the need to invite everyone we can to come to the party. As we wrap this up in Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells a story about a guy who was throwing a wedding banquet, a reception, a party in that day and time. It was just as big as it is in our day and time. And Jesus said the guy invited a bunch of people to come, to come on to the party, be a part of the celebration, but everybody had their excuses. Would you write that down somewhere? Everybody has their excuses. And all of a sudden he finds himself throwing this big party, but nobody is going to come because everybody has got something else to do or tied up or, or just too busy or, or don't feel like it or just not interested. Some say we bought a house or, or we just can't, can't make it or we just got married or on and on and on. And in our world today, it would be like, well, I'm just too busy. I, I'm just too tired. Or, or the big games this weekend, man, rah, 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 go pan, pan, Well, Panthers are at home, so never mind about that. Amazing. Come to the party. And they all said, we can't come. We don't have time. We're just too busy. We're just not interested. So you know what Jesus said? He said to the man, he said, listen, if they're not interested, then you go out and you compel them to come in. You show, you describe the party. You describe my love. You, you let them see it inside your life and, and what the kingdom offers and what might be in a part of my family offers. And then let me tell you what he said next. He said, compel the blind and the lame and the crippled to come. If all those that everyone expects to be at my party don't care about the party, you invite the blind and the lame and the crippled. And the reason why this matters is simply because in this day and time when Jesus lived, if you were blind, lame, or crippled, everyone assumed you did something really, really bad to deserve that. And Jesus is saying that those people matter too. Everyone, everyone is invited to the party. So he said, if the, the people you expect to be there don't want to come, then you compel the blind, you compel the lame, you compel the cripple, you compel those that everyone else despises, overlooks, or rejects. You compel them to come to my kingdom, come to my family, feel the love, sense the grace, let it draw you. There's still room, there's still time. Compel them to come in. Listen, church, if you need another reminder here, the first Sunday of 2020, let me just tell you, the reason why we as Christ followers are still on this planet is, number one, to exalt the name of the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ, above all the stuff that's going on in this evil world right now. We are to be a shining light, as I read this morning in my devotion. We are to be salt to this world to make them thirsty for Christ. We are to be a bright, shining light. And you don't light a light and put it under a bushel. You set it up on the hillside and say, come to me. Everyone's invited. That's one. Number two, we are here to preach the name of Jesus Christ to every lost person that will draw a breath on this planet. That's why we are here. That's it. And if we're failing in either of those two missions, then God help us. Jesus said, go out and compel. Go out and compel them to come in. Go out and love <laughs> the H-E-double-L out of them. And I use some restraint there. Some of you are still going to H -E no, no, don't. It's okay. So I, I want to ask you this. 
as, as I finish this message right now, how inviting and welcoming are we? Now, now break that down to you as an individual. How inviting and welcoming am I? Now, most of the time we get caught in this trap of, of rating people's worthiness. We see a good-looking, sharp, well-dressed, put-together person. We think, man, they'd be a great Christian. We need to go out and witness to them. Yeah, that's, that's. We see somebody that's what we would consider a mess. We try to avoid them on the street. Yeah. I don't want to get too close to that. Mm. Jesus told us it's not the well that need a physician, it's the sick. Sick in sin, lost, broken, like this woman of the night, shamed, not invited. Not wanted, but Jesus comes along and shows us that he wants everybody. He said in his word, too, I would that all would be saved and that none would perish. That, that all is a, a really big word, isn't it? How welcoming and inviting are we? Because if you'll close your eyes for just a moment with me, I can ask you to picture in your, your mind right now that person that you know that would maybe closely fit in this arena where this young lady was living her life right now. Maybe she not be a, a woman of the night or in that area that way, but, but just somebody that, that maybe you or others have deemed unworthy, unwelcomed, unwanted, just... Ah, no, no, no. But you see, the crazy thing about Jesus is he always comes along and says, yes, 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 I want you, I love you, I came for you. And how amazing is that, that Jesus Christ left heaven, came to this earth, gave his life, gave his everything, so that we, like this young lady, could find forgiveness and freedom. First of all, you got to know that you're invited. Every one of you in this room right now, every one of you outside this room, you're invited. Jesus extends his invitation to love, salvation, forgiveness, freedom, hope, purpose, life abundantly, all that. He, he extends it to you. And secondly, everyone you come in contact with Everyone you'll have the opportunity to say a word to. Everyone that you'll have a, an opportunity to pray for, to reach out to, whatever is, is also invited. So I ask you this as we finish this time. and I ask you if something needs to change in your heart. If you need to understand the love of Christ in your own life and salvation, would you just... You just stand up right where you're at right now. If you're in this room and you need to realize that those around you, Jesus invites them as well. 
And maybe you've overlooked them. Maybe you've not have been aware. Maybe you've just been so busy and so caught up in your stuff, you haven't even thought of that. But I ask you right now, would you allow the Lord to change that in you right now? And if that's you, would you just stand to your feet as well across this room? And I'll be heartbroken if there's not somebody standing up this morning saying, you know what, that's me. That's where I'm at because I believe this is a word from the Lord for every one of us in this room as Connections Church. If you're in here right now and you say, Pastor Robert, I get it. I get it. I need for the Lord to come and give me his heart, his compassion, his love. I need to let people know every day that they are invited to the family of God. So your, your last opportunity to stand for this right now. I'm not going to delay this or prolong it. If that's you this morning, would you just stand right where you're at and say, I get it. I get it. Thank you. Thank you. Two people, three people in this whole congregation. Thank you. Yes, Lord. I believe it's time we all get it because time is moving forward quickly. And we're going to wake up one day at home. And our opportunities to serve the Lord through being a witness, being a light, being salt, will be passed. Anybody else that will join these five or six people that are standing right now and say, count me in. Count me in. I get it. Lord Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you for touching the hearts of the people. Thank you for touching my heart and reminding me after all these years of serving you, all these years of ministering, the privilege of minister, ministering your word to your people, God. Thank you for reminding me of what it's all about once again. God, I get it. And they get it. And we get it today, Lord. God, I pray that the fire of your Holy Spirit would just ignite fresh and new in every one of us, whether we stood or not. I pray that that hunger and that thirst to just bring people to know you, to love you, to worship you, that, that we would reach out and invite everyone we can to the kingdom of God. The reason is because you've invited us all. God, burn that deep. Burn that strong. I pray that this whole year we can't get away from that, that our vision would be clear to see why we're here, who you are, and what we're called to be and to do. I want to invite everybody to stand to your feet right now, along with all these others that are standing. And I just simply want to ask us all to raise our hands to the Lord in an act of surrender. Say, Pastor, I'm not Pentecostal. I don't care. You got two hands. If I was playing Simon Says, you'd be all in it. Throwing your hands up, moving your legs, all that stuff. With your hands raised in the air. I want you to take one minute and pray your prayer to God right now of what you desire to surrender and to see happen in this new year in your own life. And then I'm going to pray for all of us and we're going to sing it out today. Take that minute, please.
Lord, we honor you, we worship you, we celebrate you, and thank you for inviting us to your family and changing our lives. Let's worship him, church. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.